Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Well, start health and sick to fit. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a compassionate and committed life. So today I want to introduce you to the wonderful Brittany Sade, whom I had the pleasure of meeting at the recent Triangle Veg Fest. So Brittany is a vegan entrepreneur and health coach. She's got a company, Prosperities, with a Z or a Z at the end, Prosperities Clothing, which devotes part of its profits to combating food insecurity in impoverished communities. Brittany, like most of us, wasn't always a paragon of healthy living. Thanks to meat three times a day, along with a serious cheese addiction, she suffered from skin problems, arterial blockages, and overweight. And it took the suffering and death of close family members to wake her to the realization that life didn't have to be this inexorable, inevitable descent into disability and disease and painful premature death. This narrative that we can just buy into just looking around at everyone around us. So her own inquiries brought her to the Honduran herbalist, Dr. Sebi, that's S-E-B-I, who's a fairly controversial figure because partly of his um, life's work around alkalinity and claiming to be able to cure various diseases with uh, diet and lifestyle, but also uh, because of his death in 2016 in uh, Honduran police custody and also linking it to the death of uh, Nipsey Hussle this past year. Anyway, back to Brittany. She adopted uh, the alkaline diet and removed junk and animal foods from her daily menu, dropped 30 pounds in about a month, and never looked back. So uh, Brittany graciously visited Sun Studio, a.k.a. the Plant Yourself Shed, to talk about her own transformation and her mission. If you're a visual person, we do have the video of that conversation. She's wearing one of her shirts that says animals are not ingredients. Very, very cool. And we talked for about an hour about her life and her transformation. And you can catch that all at uh, plantyourself.com slash 350, 350 episodes. How cool is that? So two quick things before we get to it. One, I am still floating on clouds. We just completed the first Sick to Fit retreat. Today's Tuesday morning. It ended on Sunday afternoon. Yesterday, Josh and I spent the entire day debriefing, planning, 
four more retreats for 2020. And actually, we got so excited about one of the conversations that was recurring during the retreat that we basically wrote a book. We did it uh, backwards. We recorded the audio book. It'll be maybe three to four hours when it's all edited. Um, and it's basically on the topic of how obese people can start moving and getting fit. And there's a lot of practical advice, and there's also a lot of what I'd call sort of deep spiritual wisdom that Josh channeled in uh, his interactions with some of the participants. Just want to read you. I don't have their permission to uh, use their name yet, because but it just appeared on the uh, Sick to Fit Facebook page, which is public-ish. So uh, I'll, I'll just share what one of the participants wrote uh, yesterday. It was one of the most amazing weekends of my life, soul-searching, learning new things about myself, making huge strides in my healing, learning I can, and meeting new people who became a new family. I highly recommend going to the next one if you can. It was fun. We worked. We cooked and learned so much. So the next one is going to be in New Orleans, March 5th through 8th. 2020. And if you want to find out more about that, just go to sick2fit. That's the number two, sick2fit.com slash N-O-L-A, NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana, NOLA, all lowercase, sick2fit.com slash NOLA, if you're interested. And last thing, um, I have two more slots available for private one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, that is 15-minute sessions for an entire year, unlimited, as many as you want. And we work together to get you traction towards your cherished health goals. If you want to learn more about that, plantyourself.com forward slash laser, L-A-S-E-R. Again, all lowercase, plantyourself.com slash laser. All right, let's get to it. Without further ado, Brittany Sade, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to have someone else out here in, the, yeah. in, in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not virtual. <laughs> yeah, thank you for inviting me out. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to see you're, you're, you're rocking your, uh, your gear, your shirt. Oh, yeah. Animals are not ingredients. And... Um, a lot of people said that this slogan in particular helped them put things into a different perspective when they think about food and what food really is. So uh, this is a, one of the best sellers. <laughs> I sell out of this every time. So, <laughs> yeah. And is that your slogan? Um, no, I actually saw it somewhere um, a long time ago. And it just always stuck with me. Hmm. And I was like, I need to put that on a t-shirt, you know? And so whenever I wear it, I just have some of the best conversations about it. This and the, um, the Got Non-Dairy Milk t-shirt. Uh -huh. <laughs> so especially when I'm at the grocery store and I'm reaching for my coconut milk. <laughs> and one guy was like, I'm feeling a little judged. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> so we have... You know, a non-judgmental conversation about the dairy industry and, you know, what it actually is. And then sometimes they put their cow milk down and pick up some plant milk. So they're doing a lot of, you know, I like to call it silent activism. Uh-huh. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, they work 24-7. They work oh, right? yeah. When, I don't, when I'm not working, the t-shirts are working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to get to that because you, you have a uh, apparel company. Yes, right. mm -hmm. vegan apparel company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but let's let's start. Let's 
Let's go way back. Yeah. Um, you were not raised a health food conscious vegan, right? No. <laughs> Probably the complete opposite of that. And um, before I became vegan, I've been vegan for almost five years now. And before I became vegan, I was eating really bad. And, um, and the way that I was eating caused me to have a lot of health issues. Uh, I was pre-diabetic. I had clogged arteries. I had um, bad skin. I didn't mm-hmm. think was horrible at the time, but when I go back and look at pictures, I'm like, ew. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, how, how did you know you had clogged arteries? So when I went to um, a heart doc, a cardiologist, and when I lived in Houston, um, mm-hmm. I forget his name, but he's the vegan doctor. Out there. Back, Baxter Montgomery? Yes. I okay. went to his office because I just wanted to go because he was vegan. It's like roughly like how old were you? When? This was um, a few years ago, actually. And so when I got my doctor's report, they my, my arteries were, they were fine, but I was able to see uh, they weren't like 100% great um, at that time. Mm. And so I was like, if they're not 100% great right now, then I know back then they were horrible. And... Um, and I knew that because I used to have these really bad chest pains and they used to wake me up in the middle of the night and I would wake up crying because I didn't know what it was. And How it was, old were you then? Oh, with the chest pains? Yeah. Maybe in my 20s. I was in my 20s. Definitely in my 20s. And okay. So um, all up to all that time you were, you were just sort of eating I was eating, around you was eating more meat and dairy then I was eating vegetables and I drank a lot of water and I thought that I was kind of balancing everything out because I was drinking so much water. I was like, maybe I'm flushing it all out or whatever. But I was, um, I ate meat every meal. Um, and I ate out a lot, a lot of fast food, you know, a lot of burgers and, um, and things like that. I was a cheese addict and people still to this day are like, I still can't believe you don't eat cheese. Uh Because it was it you was mentioned really taking, bad. taking blocks of cheese out, microwaving them, and just sort yeah. of eating. Them. And then yeah, and the think about serious. it, that's disgusting. <laughs> I would uh, get like a block of cheddar cheese and put it in a bowl and put it in a microwave and just pick at it and eat it. And I don't know why. <laughs> uh, part part of me thinks I really would have enjoyed that. Like <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, it. And I would sprinkle it on every single thing that I ate. So. Um, and it would cause me to, now that I know this, it would cause me to have like these skin boils, um, on my skin. And when I stopped eating dairy, they stopped. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me test it. Th- let me test this. I have to test yeah. this. And so I ate cheese again and they would come back. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm done with the cheese. You know, after you learn about cheese and you know what it is and how it affects you, I just... It's like I don't need it anymore. Right. Yeah. So I got to do one thing. I realized I didn't. I didn't look closely enough at the audio and video. Like there's this little thing in my brain that's going. Did I press the buttons right? Okay. So, okay. so that that one's good. Okay. And that one's good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> there's this little this little uh, gremlin running around yeah. my brain going. Like, right, what, right. what if you waste this entire hour? <laughs> Well, good thing you stopped me because I would be talking for your head, a hole in your head. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's, let's bring it back. So, um, so you, so I'm a little confused. Like, so you went to see this vegan uh, cardiologist, Baxter Montgomery, but and you were, but you weren't vegan at that point. I was. You were. Mm-hmm. I see. So that was. I was. That, so what was the what was the turning point? So um, 
what made me change everything was one, just being tired of seeing my friends and family um, die off from preventable health issues. And it was just like, I don't, is this how my life is going to turn out? You know, is this how life is supposed to be? You get old and you, you know, older and you get sick and die. Is that doesn't seem right. And so, um, my aunt, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she beat it before, but mm-hmm. it came back and it kind of spread throughout her body. So, um, you know, during that time when she was placed in hospice, I did a lot of research, you know, watched a lot of documentaries, popular ones like Forks Over Knives and Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead and a lot of YouTube, you know, YouTube University. Uh (laughs) And I learned about Dr. Sabi and, you know, alkaline eating and things like that. And so I took this information to her and I was like, look, you know, you beat cancer before, you're going to beat it again. But, you know, we're going to do a little bit more natural ways, you know, in addition to what you're doing, you know, the chemotherapy and whatnot. And so she was looking at me like, (laughs) no, (laughs) you know, because I kind of felt like she knew she was at the end of her road and was just going to live it out as she wanted to. So um, a couple of weeks later, uh, we got a call and was saying that she wasn't doing too good. So when we came back to visit her and she was just completely different than what she was a few weeks ago, she couldn't talk. I don't even know if she knew that we were there, you mm-hmm. know? And so just seeing her die like that was, it just hit me really hard. Mm-hmm. And so I took everything that I learned and I went back home and threw everything in the trash. All the processed foods in the cabinets, you know, Quaker oatmeal, <laughs> all the other stuff, you know, I just threw it away. And I went to the grocery store, just bought a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. But uh-huh. I'm going to do something with it. Um, I still had troubles giving up cheese. Uh, but once I learned more about it and was putting myself through tests and um, a couple months later, I was like, I'm done. And I haven't looked mm-hmm. back since. Okay. Yeah. So so when you went to your aunt with this information, you hadn't embodied it yet. You're like, look what mm-hmm. I learned. Yeah. You should do this thing. Yeah. I was starting to put, you know, some things into place, like just eating more produce and things like that. But I wasn't just fully like strictly you know, vegan at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did lower my consumption of, you know, meat and dairy, but I was still eating it. You know, you can't go to Philly without getting a Philly cheesesteak. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and so when I, whenever we went up there, that's, you know, we would get several of them and eat them. And so um, the last gotcha. time I went up there and everybody got their cheesesteaks and I'm like, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm going to hold off this time. I'm not going to eat it. But um, I wasn't fully vegan at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you come from Houston to Philadelphia? No, we were in Virginia at oh, that time. Yeah, I'm originally from Virginia. Um, I moved to Houston when my mom, I talked to my mom, she was having health issues and I kind of just dropped everything mm-hmm. and was like, we're coming out there, we're going to do some changes and, you know, um, came out there and then the hurricane came through and we lost our home and my mom's like, <laughs> I'm not doing this again. And um, she wanted to move back to the East Coast where all our family is, but we didn't want to go back to Virginia. So mm-hmm. um, she wanted to move to Raleigh, and I'm like, I'm following you. And I'm, now I'm here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So your home, the home was flooded. Yeah. Yeah. So we evacuated and went to Dallas. And we had to stay out there for a few weeks because it wasn't safe to come back. So when we came back, our home was just ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if in your your advocacy you make the connection between what happened in Houston and what we eat. I didn't at the time, but now when I'm thinking about it and then just seeing how it's starting to become a you know 
so often, starting to happen so often, it's like, we have to do something. And, you know, I may not be the person that's going to change the world by myself, but, you know, with uh, as a collective, you know, we can all do our part and stop having that thought that, you know, if they're doing it, then I don't need to do it because, you know, you're, every single person matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned Forks Over Knives. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. A lot of people mm-hmm. have seen those. You also mentioned Dr. Sebi. Yes. I believe is a, was a Honduran herbalist. Yes. So when I look him up on the internet, the first several sites are all like debunking pseudoscience, um, you know, extremely negative. Talking yeah. about the discredited alkaline diet yeah. and all that. So how, how did you find him and, and sort of swim your way through the mainstream denigration of his work? I went to, um, it was a health, little health um, seminar, and I met one other guy who was an herbalist. And um, we were just talking, and I brought up, you know, um, my aunt's cancer and, thing at, at, and things at the time. And um, we were just talking, and then he mentioned Dr. Sabi to me. And then once I went and I was looking on Facebook, then I just started seeing Dr. Savy stuff. You know, like you hear about one thing and then all of a sudden it's just starting to come to you. You start seeing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started doing um, my own, you know, looking up about him. And at that time, I didn't really see a lot of negative feedback about his work. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so you were seeing it you know, filtered through a community that was predisposed to be, yeah. to be empowered by what, yeah. that's what he was talking yeah. about. Yeah, and a lot of people who had, you know, a lot of life-changing experiences by taking his herbs and uh, following, you know, the nutritional guide that, um, that well, I don't think he put it together, but that was put together, um, and just eating those foods, and a lot of people have been able to reverse a lot of health issues. And so when I, um, I applied it to my own life, you know, I was able to see that, you know, I lost the weight. Um, I wasn't having achy joints and swell, you know, swollen joints anymore. <clears throat> um, prediabetes went away, you know, and um, I did some of their herbal cleanses and things. And I even went to see him speak. And so it was just, you know, being in his presence felt mm-hmm. really, you know, comfortable and at peace where it was like, okay, I feel like he knows what he's, he's you know, he knows, he knows what he's talking about and he's helping so many people. So, you know. Just, I think, experience trumps everything overall uh-huh. than, you know, what everybody else talks about. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's also really interesting because there's this entire, to me, alternate community of health advocates in the black community mm-hmm. who didn't get the funding, mm-hmm. didn't get the research support, are saying pretty much the same things as, you know, McDougal and Campbell yeah. and Barnard, mm-hmm. and yet they... You know, they didn't have the the structures of authority, yeah. And so that you know, like the the first thing you wouldn't see about T. Colin Campbell, I mean, you'll see like you know, plenty of people want to debunk him, mm-hmm. but you don't get like Wiki, the Wikipedia page comes up saying discredited, debunked, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want you know, like in you know, within the black community, are there must be a plenty of of sort of elders whom I haven't heard of or been, uh, been exposed to, who have been preaching plant-based, healthy, juicing herbs for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And um, there are. And I don't know if there's a lot of them that maybe want to go mainstream like that because, you know, there's this fear that, you know, holistic doctors or herbalists are being chased, you know, mm. or, you know, being wanted for their information and killed off or whatever. Um, so I don't know if it's, 
if it's just a matter of them just not getting that exposure or them not wanting that exposure. Um, But, you know, the information is out there and um, within these communities. And I'm like, that's why I say within social media, I'm grateful for social media. A lot of people aren't. They think social media is the devil. (laughs) It can be if it's not being used correctly, but... Um, I use it to, you know, build myself up, you know, for my own personal growth and business growth. And um, I've, you know, I've met so many amazing people from social media alone that I've even met, even met in person. And we're on that, we're all on the same journey of trying to reverse, you know, what we've done in the past um, when it comes to our health. And so, um, yeah, it's just. You, I think, you know, when you go searching for those type of things, you find it. Yeah. So one thing that always um, surprises me is when I'll talk to someone like you who have, you know, decided, okay, this, there's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And you say it as if it's a natural thing to wonder. Mm-hmm. And yet 99% of people live the same experience as you and don't wonder that. Don't think about Oh, maybe it's the food. Maybe it's what we're putting in our bodies. Maybe it's not the fate of all human beings to just mm-hmm. decline and get sick and die painfully. Yeah. Um, like, what did you have? Like, an educational background or a work background that kind of predisposed you? Like, what what made you ask the question that so few people ask? Um, just seeing it, seeing the people um, that were closest to me, you know, get sick, and just wondering if that was my future. Uh, if that's just something that we're supposed to do. And so even with my own health issues, I thought it was normal because that's what I was seeing in everybody else. But something in me was just like, this is not right. Like, I don't think God put us here to suffer, you know, with these health issues mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, I think, I don't think it's a, a matter of people not thinking about it or questioning it. I think it's just a matter of people protecting their own eating habits and addictions because, um, you know, as we all know, food can be uh, an addiction just like a drug. And so people, you know, they they like to protect those. They don't want to give up what they're eating, you know, because, you know, for example, like <clears throat> say, you know, they'll talk about they'll, they'll blame things on the genes. Um, you know, some things are genetic, but, you know, they'll say Uncle Tommy has heart disease. So I'm also going to have heart disease. But we're also not talking about Uncle Tommy's addictions and Uncle Tommy's lifestyle mm-hmm. um, that's contributing to his heart disease. So um, I'm just kind of just, <laughs> you know, but it's um, I think I think everybody has that thought of, you know, when it comes to their own health, because if people are living the way that they're living right now, they are having health issues and they are questioning it. But they don't want to do anything about it because it goes against their the things that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you having these skin boils that just appeared, and I'm imagining were not particularly like yummy or attractive. No, not like, at all. <laughs> like, like it's almost it's like like you almost want that as opposed to like slow growing heart disease or pre diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, like, you know, you eat a piece of cheese and all of a sudden like, right. you, you turn gross. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is, this is like, a, like a really good feedback loop. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's when you start to experience and see things for yourself, it makes it easier to make the changes that you're making. Um, and, you know, especially after you read about it. And then you see that it's happening within you. You want to make those changes. 
Um, but again, some people, they just kind of bury their heads in the sand and, you know, just hope it'll all go away. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. So you started making these changes. You have a, a, a few sort of 2017, 2019 photo before afters on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't take long. No. Like to, for this like very significant, obvious physical transformation. Like it wasn't just, you know, you had to walk around showing people your, right. your blood work. Right. You're like, you look different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did your family and friends and social circle make of it? Um. So like... I think everybody experiences the same thing when they start making changes in their diet and, you know, your family members or your friends aren't familiar with what you're doing. So they think you're harming yourself. Uh (laughs) Like you're losing too much weight. Uh, You need to get your protein or, you know, where are you going to get your nutrients and blah, blah, blah. Um, You get that kind of feedback. And at first, to me, it was like, I need you all support, not you guys, you know, projecting your fears on me as far as to what you think is going to happen. But I've been researching this stuff, so I know I'm going to be fine. Uh And um, But, you know, I was almost 200 pounds. And so within the first, the first and a half month, the first, yeah, the first month and a half, I lost almost 30 pounds. And that's when I was doing, um, you know, a lot of raw eating and um, herbal cleanses and things like that. And so once I dropped the weight, people were like, Okay, what's going on, Brittany? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's when I I took that time to educate people, but I think I was still on that defensive side where it's like, well, you're eating that burger, and this is what's going to happen inside of you when you keep eating that burger. And so my friends started calling me a vegan bully. <laughs> <laughs> so I've changed, you know, for all my friends who are watching this, they can say and vouch that I've changed. And so now I just live by example. And, you know, I'm able to show... You know, I was doing a lot in the past that people are currently doing that they think they can't make these same changes that I'm making because they feel like it might be too much or they're not doing it right. So just, you know, continuing to share my, you know, transformations and what I was going through in the past, then they're able to see like, okay, I can do that too. Um, And even in my book, I wrote about, you know, things I was dealing with, depression, um, just upset about everything, angry, always fighting, um, feeling suicidal, you know, and um, having people read that and then seeing who I am before they're like, who am I reading about? Because this is not you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you know, just living by example and showing people that it can be done. Um, you know, I went through a phase where I lost a lot of weight and I was able to, you know, put weight back on, but in a more healthy way without filling myself up with a lot of inflammatory foods um, that was harming me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have, you have a meme that uh, I guess is, uh, you said, which is like pe- people want you to be well, but not like better than them. Yeah. Right? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, so people, there are some people that want to do the things that you're doing and they're, they're not doing it, but they see that you're doing it. So they have, they have some type of, there's some type of envious feelings or jealous feelings about, you know, seeing other people doing things that they want to do, but they're not doing it and succeeding at it. Um, so, you know, I've, I, you know, I've, I've, you know, been told, you know, some not so nice things from people about, uh, you know, how I look or what I'm doing and what it's not right, how I talk to people or whatever, just trying to bring me down from mm-hmm. what it is that I'm trying to do. Um, And I've also seen it in other people, you know, how they would treat others that were also, 
doing, you know, I guess better than them or doing the things that they want to do, but they're not taking action on it. Yeah. And so it's, um, it can be discouraging for a lot of people, but just, you know, standing in your truth and doing what you know is right will help you overcome those, those negative remarks, you know, on your life that you know when you're doing the right thing. Mm. Yeah. So you said talking about depression, suicidal ideation, you'd, you'd written about a really a, a, a toxic relationship and breakup around the time your aunt died. Yeah. So was this was this like stuff that was happening as you were transitioning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a that's that's a lot of full time jobs at once. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I can feel like a molecule of self pity, and all I want to do is like eat some crap. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this, this isn't this isn't even like you know significant in, in terms of my life. Like I can just, oh, I got a bad, you know, yeah. I got a boo-boo of yeah. some, some sort. But to be kind of in the shit. Yeah. And, and, to, and to not revert to the comforts that had sustained you in the past. What, mm-hmm. what did you turn to for support, for, for dopamine, for, mm-hmm. for you know, to keep, to keep going to, you know, a different way to sort of self-medicate? Yeah, it was hard. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it was easy. It was it was very hard because I felt like I was in it alone um, and not being able to talk about it to, you know, people that I was close with because they didn't really understand what I was going through um, at that time. And so I went to websites like meetup.com and just met with like-minded people and um, also finding that comfort in social media from people who were also on the same journey and I was able to relate to. Um, but just, you know, the more I researched, since all that information was so new to me, it was like, okay, I have to do this. I'm excited to do it. I'm really excited to learn about what it is, you know, that's going to help heal me and heal me of all these issues that I'm having. Um, it's never, you know, easy to, you know, go through a breakup and then having someone close to you uh, pass away um, and then try to fix yourself up at the same time. So, um, you know, during that time, I was still battling a little bit of depression mm. um, and, you know, crying yourself to sleep at night and things like that. But just waking up every day like, OK, I can either sit here and cry about it and not do anything and just keep myself in the slums or I can wake up and try to keep pushing myself. So that way I can get to my desired goal of, you know, being healthier, feeling better and, um, you know, teaching people, my family members, because that's the main reason why I wanted to changed my life was to let my family members know that, okay, you might've been diagnosed with this, but this doesn't have to be a jail sentence Mm. for you. You know, I want it to be that walking billboard for them to let them know that they can also eat healthy, enjoy their life, you know, and, um, and reverse some of the issues that they're having, like, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes and heart disease and all that stuff. So, um, that was my main motivation to keep pushing with my family. Mm. Yeah. Was there like a turning point emotionally where like, okay, like I've made it through the worst of this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you know, you, you know, after several months, um, even I would even say over a year of going through that really dark place in my life and just kind of maneuvering through those emotions, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was just one day I just woke up and was just like, life is awesome, (laughs) you know, but after eating these foods and flooding 
my body with a bunch of nutrients, you start feeling, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, you get these random bursts of like euphoric feelings where you're just super happy for no reason. <laughs> it just feels like, and I, I you know, and whoever's listening might also know this feeling that I'm talking about where it's just, you just feel so good and your perspective about things change. Mm-hmm. Um, you start noticing things, you know, differently when you go out, like, I was noticing, you know, stopping and literally smelling the flowers. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, look at that beautiful flower. Um, look at that little roach walking over there, yeah. that, that water bug or whatever. Well, maybe not, but <laughs> you just notice all the nature and the abundance around you. And you think about, um, you just kind of tie your life into the way that nature, you know, what nature goes, like nature goes through all these seasons. And then in the summertime, they, you know, everything just blooms. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I had that thought that it's not the end, you know, this is the new beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, like the thought that, you know, oh, this euphoric feeling is like foreign to us. Yeah. Or we should be feeling it all the time. Like that should, that should be sort of ground state. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, um, being, uh, you know, connected to nature or feeling like, you know, we're, that we're a part of it. And it's, yes. you know, it's, if we're eating all this unnatural, processed, hyper palatable and, you know, death mm-hmm. induced foods, it's, it's almost like there's a, it's like a filter that we just, yeah. we can't see past. Yeah. Yeah. And when you learn about those foods, you understand why you were feeling depressed and why you were feeling like shit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I said shit first. Okay. <laughs> we're good. We're, you know, why are you feeling crappy all the time? <laughs> you figure out like, finally like, oh, that's why I was feeling that way. And it was, you know, we're eating foods that are eating away at our brains. You know, we're not feeding ourselves properly. We're feeding ourselves toxic food. And, you know, our guts and our brains are connected. So if you're feeding your gut toxic foods, you're also feeding your brain toxic things as well. So, you know, when you had, when I had that that aha moment I was like aha mm-hmm. all right now I could help people more you know people who are you know going through things you know just like let's start with changing what you put into your body if you're not changing that at least and you're not giving yourself a fighting chance mm-hmm. to to battle the things you're you know you're battling you know we want to depend on medications and things like that but medication is just like putting a band-aid on over the wound you know we have to rip that band-aid off and really get to what's causing these wounds, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a conversation that is is important to have with the mental health community, yeah. especially sort of the, you know, holistic health, personal development community around, um, like, the order in which we go through things. Yeah. Like, there's, I've been on a, a roll for the last few days about the idea of self-love. Mm-hmm. And, like, totally important. Yes. Completely yeah. necessary. And if you can't start there, don't start there. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, to tell, love yourself. Yeah. And you spent your whole life fucking hating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's like, you know, fly, Brittany. Fly, right, right. right. Just, like, Grow say, some wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, start, you know, it's, like, it's such, a, such a high bar. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking yesterday, um, like, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. And... I do all these things that annoy her, yeah. not because I don't love her, but because they're habits. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so she's been working on me for a long time, and mm-hmm. certain, you know, and, and 
I've, as I've gotten better at habit formation, I'm, I no longer leave the toilet seat up. Yeah. <laughs> I no longer leave toothpaste residue in the sink. Yeah. But, it, but it didn't, it wasn't because of love. Yeah. Right? It was because of, you know, creating these habits. Yes. And like when I think about my hygiene, like if I go to a public restroom, I don't pee all over the seat, right. not because I love the next person, right. but because I don't hate them. Right. Right. Like, let's, let's make that our baseline. Yeah. Like, treat yourself like someone you don't despise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people, you know, we love others more than we love ourselves. And so it's, it's, it makes it easier. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come back. I don't know. I don't want it turned off. Still rolling? Uh, this one's still rolling. We'll just do okay. another. So maybe you okay. start with uh, sometimes we love others more. Yeah, sometimes we love others more than we love ourselves. And so it's easy for us to go the extra mile for other people when we love them. Um, but when, we, when it comes to ourselves, we don't go that extra mile. So it's good that you said that to treat yourself, you know, like you don't despise somebody else. <laughs> so that's a good way to put it because if you do that, then you'll go the extra mile for yourself and putting in that extra work for that self-care because that's so important. It's so important. Right. So once, once you started um, changing the way you were eating, what other lifestyle changes followed? Um, yeah, so I started saying, and it has nothing to do with the food that I was eating. It was just me practicing more self-love and, you know, saying things, saying no to things that I didn't want to do because I was always a yes person saying, yes, I'll do this for you. Yes. Call on me whenever you need something. Mm. I'm the person that solve everybody's problems, you know? <laughs> and so, um, and it sounds like you sort of had taken that on around like with your mom, like you, that was, a, that was a, an identity that was important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some things, you know, that I was taking on, I didn't want to do, but I just did it because I felt like I had to do it because, you know, that was my family member or that was my friend. It was my duty to make sure that they don't fail, you know, but it was hurting me at the end of the day. And so, you know, going through that time alone, because I kind of did, you know, secluded myself from everybody during that time. And I learned about things that I like to do. Um, you know, learned about things that I didn't like to do um, and stopped trying to be a people pleaser mm. all the time. And so, you know, I was saying yes to more things that, you know, that I was interested in. Or if there was a goal that I was trying to reach, I was saying yes to everything that reflected that goal and no to anything that didn't. And so I felt like that was just raising my vibration, you know, and um, I still love to serve others. I think, I, you know, I have a gift of service and I thank God that I do. Um, and so instead of me just doing, 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 doing for everybody, you know, individually and, um, and things like that, I just, I serve people who need it the most. And that's what mm-hmm. brings me a lot of gratitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so, it's so important because uh, if you don't set boundaries, you, right. you're not creating the space to be yourself. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's really hard. It's, you know, it's almost like... You know, I will eat junk food to get rid of a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And the worst negative emotion I can have is caused by feeling like I've let someone else down. Yeah, yeah. And people are really good at, you know, not without necessarily meaning to, mm-hmm. making you feel bad for not doing things Yeah, wrong. yeah. I tell people all the time, like, you can't 
you know, some people will purposely, they know you. So they'll purposely be like, I can't believe you're not going to do this for me or, you know, make you feel bad. But it, you know, when people start seeing others do for themselves and start loving themselves more, that's when they start to, you know, kind of drag you down and talk you down. So that way you're not putting so much energy into yourself, but you're putting it back into them Mm -hmm. because they're scared that they're going to lose that energy that you that you give out so much. So um, just let people know that that's going to happen. <laughs> so be prepared for it. But yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so there's the food. There was the respecting your own boundaries and almost like creating the space to discover who you were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's like a lot of us. We just grow up getting other people's approval. Right. And when we create the space, it's like, who, what do I like? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's kind of it can either be terrifying or like a playground. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's where a lot of people self-destruct, you know, um, just needing validation from others. And uh, when they don't get that validation that they want or that they're seeking, you know, they kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking that time out to know what you like, what you want to do, what, who you are, who are you, you know, figure that out. So that way you're not depending on others and what they think of you and what they think you should and should not be doing. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, let me have a vote in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need all the votes to start. Right. Just, let me just practice having one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it feels it feels amazing to have that kind of freedom and power over yourself and not letting others have that over you. Yeah. So once you started going there, how did your relationship with family and friends shift, if at all? Um, I think people still saw me. Um, you know, as the same person, as, you know, goofy, funny, you know, um, in the past I would change, you know, use jokes and being funny to hide a lot of issues that I was having. Mm. Um, and just, you know, you know, using my smile to deflect all the pain I was going through, but, um, now it's genuine and, um, People can feel it in my presence, you know, when they come around. It's like, Brittany, there's something different about you, but it's like refreshing, you know. And um, when you start doing those self-love practices and eating better and your aura just changes and people can see it and they can feel it. And, um, you know, even, you know, being so transparent on social media or with people in your life, they respect you in a different light because you're respecting yourself in a way that you never had before. So it's like they have no choice but to respect who you are. You know, it's either you respect who I am or (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah. And in terms of influencing your family, have they come along? Oh, yeah. So um, when I was living in Texas... My aunt, she came to stay with us for a couple of, it, it, we were, she was only going to stay for about a week or so, it ended up turning into a month. <laughs> we were just having such a great time. And, you know, when she first got there, she was like, I'm not doing any of this vegan stuff. You know, I might try something here and there, but I'm not, I'm not being vegan the whole time. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, in my head, in my head, I'm like, yeah, right. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did a lot of the cooking and, um, you know, got her involved in the cooking and it's like, wow, I didn't know vegan food could taste this good. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, what do you all think we're eating? You know, we're just pulling grass out the roots or something? <laughs> like, what? And so, you know, when she left, she took those things back home with her. And she's now getting, like, great doctor's reports. You know, her blood pressure went down. Her cholesterol went down. 
um, a lot of issues that she was having with, you know, um, you know, excessive mucus and things like that is not really a problem anymore. So it's like, okay, Brittany, mm-hmm. you knew what you were talking about, okay? <laughs> so, you know, and just having other family members see this is what's happening for this person. It's like, okay, Brittany, what I got to do? Just, uh-huh. just, just lay it on me, you know, what I got to do? Um, so they're definitely coming around. And being that that was the main reason I changed my own lifestyle, It was. it's just so gratifying to see and witness, um, even if they're not completely turning vegan, but just making those small changes in their life and them benefiting from it is just like, yes, mm. yes. <laughs> and, I, and I love that, you know, your aunt came in with a no. Yeah. And I was like, that's like, that allows her to protect herself. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just let me, just let me make this. Just, just taste it. Okay. And then she even ended up making a, um, I think it was a West African soup. And you normally normally has like meat and you know animal products, but we she made a vegan version for it uh, for me, and I was like, wow, mm. you know. So I think it's important when we talk about our lifestyle that we talk about it in such a way that people can see that we're passionate about it, not one of the angry vegans where it's just you know constantly belittling other other people about mm. their own life choices, but just seeing that you're so passionate about it. They want to kind of be involved or, and you know, respect it. Um, I went to Puerto Rico a few months ago to do some mission work. And uh, one of the women that we were facing her house from the hurricane that came through, and she, um, she cooked for us. And, you know, it was, we were so happy that she did it because she didn't have much. So it's just like, we don't know what she had to go through to get this food for us. But mm-hmm. she took time out of her day to cook. And, but she cooked, you know, traditional Puerto Rican meat dishes. And so when she came and gave me my plate, it was just like, oh my gosh, how do I say no, you Mm. know, in a nice way. So, you know, I pulled out Google Translate and, you know, said I I can't eat animal products because it'll hurt my stomach, you know. And so she was kind of upset, not upset, but she was sad because her motherly instinct wanted to feed us, you Mm. know, from working so hard. And so she was a little sad and I got sad and so everybody's all sad. (laughs) But the people that were with me, they were like, oh, she can't, she can't because she's vegan. She doesn't. But I'm like, I got this, you know, I'm telling. And so the next day, um, you know, we were, you know, up on the roof and painting. And I'm like, does anybody smell food? I know she's not in that kitchen cooking again. You know, we told her she doesn't have to do that. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll just get some plantains or because she had to do a little salad together for me the last time. And so I'm thinking I'll just get that again, which I was fine because I packed a lunch. And so she ended up making a whole vegan dish for me. And I was just like, on the brink of tears, like, you didn't have to do that. And everybody's just like, I want that. (laughs) But, you know, she just saw how important it was to me. And the people that were there, you know, that was their, you know, we didn't know each other for long, but they knew how passionate I was about my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so um, them speaking up for me. I'm sure, you know, when you go out to a restaurant and your friends are telling their waitress that you're vegan (laughs) before you can say anything. But, um, but yeah, it's, that's why I tell people, like, it's important to talk about it and, you know, in a respectable way. Yeah. And being sad is okay. Yeah. (laughs) This this isn't the worst thing that happened to (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So... Uh, it was that was just really emotional. Everything was emotional while we were there. But for her to mm. even take the time out to do that, like she cooked two separate meals um, specifically for me, and I was just like, oh, "Thank you." Right, and 
she gets to feel like a giver. Yes. It's, it's hard if, you know, if you feel like you have nothing to give. You're just mm-hmm. at the mercy of other people's charity. She was, you know, asserting yeah. something really important in her life. Yeah. I hate when people tell me no when I feed, when I want to feed them and they come over and they, you want something to eat? And they're like, no. And I'm just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> eat what I have for you. It's good for you. But yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about your your transition to becoming a professional, yeah, healthy person. Yeah. So what were you doing before, job or career wise? Um. So I have a nine to five. You know, I'm doing help desk work, and I went to school and got my bachelor's of science in computer information systems. And it was <coughs> not something that I really wanted to do. I just felt like it was what I was supposed to do, you know, go to college. This is, good, this is a good, safe job. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm like, okay, this, pay the, this pays the bills, you know, whatever. And I was like, how do I get the message out more about veganism? And, you know, how it's just, you know, it's been so life-changing for me. How can I get the word out more? And... Um, I was like, I was just talking to my friend one day, I was like, I'm going to make t-shirts. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, I came up with the name Prosperities because, you know, you know, to prosper is to do well, you know, do great. And I was like, you know, eating the right things makes you prosperous um, and wealthy, you know, your wealth and your health. And I'm like, Prosperities, that's it. And so I just started, you know, I started coming up with some slogans and, um, maybe several months later, I was like, I'm going to launch it. I'm going to launch it. And so it was, it was, I was doing really great in the beginning. And then it kind of fell off, um, because my job's so demanding and I was like, it kind of fell off and I was like, you know, it's just going to be a side thing. Um, and I was like, this year I started taking it more seriously. I'm like, you know, veganism is growing and people need to know what I have. <laughs> I have a lot to give. I want to give all my energy into this and uh, it makes people feel good, you know, seeing and hearing people how they felt, you know, when they wear the shirt, that's like, oh, that makes me feel amazing. Um, and so that was the first step, you know, stepping into the business side of, or the professional side of my lifestyle. Um and then I was like, now, how can I use this to help other people rather than just wearing T-shirts? And I was like, I want to help people that lived in the same neighborhoods that my aunt lived in. Um, people that, you know, you only have liquor stores and carryouts and, you know, junk foods on every corner. I'm like, where is the health food store? You know, you can't walk up the street and get a mm-hmm. bunch of kale or anything like that. You have to depend on these local markets that have poor quality food. And so um, I was like, I want to help people in these type of communities. And um, so the first, so that's when I developed the Eat to Live project. And that's dedicated to helping people who are in need, you know, um, living in low income communities or just don't know where the next meal is coming from. And so the first project that we did was we went down downtown in D.C. And I collaborated with a chef. And uh, it's funny how that came apart, came um, about because the first chef that I met with, you know, she was all about, you know, volunteering her time to do it and help me out. And then maybe about a week before the event, I just could not get in contact with her or anything. And it was, you know, I had to see from other people's social media that she had other things going on. 
And I'm just like, hey, just let me know. Are you going to be able to do this or not? Because I had this date and letting everybody know that this is where we'll be at this time. But we have no food. We have nothing. And so it was. that's when she was like, oh, I can't do it. And I'm just like, so I just put the face, you know, the post out on Facebook. Like, hey, I need a chef. Anybody know a chef? Let me know. And this... um, my, this guy named Daniel from Finishing Touches, he was like, I'll do it. In, and in so, DC? Yeah. And uh-huh. so he, um, you know, we talked. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to feed, you know, I'm gonna go down, feed the homeless people some vegan meals. And he had a restaurant um, that he was cooking out of. And so he was like, you know, we'll buy, we'll go to the restaurant depot, buy all the food. And we'll go to the restaurant that I cook in and we'll cook the food there. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm getting a lot more than what I was going to get with mm. the other person. So I'm like, you see, everything happens in divine order the way it's supposed to. So I never have any worries now. <laughs> and so, you know, we raised, I, I set up a GoFundMe. We raised money. Um, and, you know, I took some of the money that I was making from the T-shirts to put towards the food and the supplies. And so the day when it, the day came, so many people came out to support and, you know, help give out. You know, people gave um gloves and socks and sweatshirts and t-shirts and it was just the best thing I think I've ever done <laughs> like it was so humbling and it just felt so amazing and we just set up like a whole bunch of food buffet style and let them come through and get vegan meals and I'm like I didn't say that it was vegan you know because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when you say something's vegan people are like I knew that tasted funny or something right. and so that was um that was the first project, and it was very, very successful. And I was like, we have to do this again. But I'm working on something new now um, where it's not going to be for the homeless in particular, but I want to help single parents and to help them, you know, feed them and their child a week's worth of um, food. And, you know, I have a, I'm working with a registered dietitian to create a meal plan and I'll put meals together in a grocery list, and I'll provide the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the grocery card, a gift card to their grocery store, mm. so that they can buy these foods and learn about it. And um, that's a little bit of it. <laughs> I didn't realize. Is that, I didn't is that also yet, but... sort of combination GoFundMe and Prosperities yeah. sponsored? Yeah. So um, so that'll be the next Eat to Live project, um, educating single parents about why their children need to eat right. Because that's a whole other topic. <laughs> you know, uh, food insecurity, especially when it comes to children, is, is major right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you also have a couple of, of books, right? There's the, the e-book and then there's the, the big book that you're... I saw you actually had a, like a copy on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't really... Uh, it didn't... It was, I was at a library and I was like... Just kind of visualizing how my book would look at a bookstore. <laughs> you, did have, you did have a hard copy. Yeah, I had a hard copy and I just put it on there. I'm like, let me just see what this feels like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I took a picture of it, posted it. Like, this is what it would look like if my book was at a, at a bookstore. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I have, I have this... Um... This fantasy of taking a bunch of copies of my book and just putting it, you know, there's like that little bookshelf in Whole Foods. Uh-huh, like yeah. Near, near the bulk section. Uh-huh. Just like pushing the keto book to the back and just taking a stack yeah. of mine. <laughs> people would pick it up and like, sorry, this isn't a, right. I, I, can't, I don't know how to sell it to you. Right, right, right. And um, yeah, so I, I, that was my first real book. I had an ebook where I just had, you know, some recipes and, um, you know, a lot of people thought the food was delicious. And I was like, I'm not really a big recipe person. Mm-hmm. I want to put out something that's going to be more helpful to people. 
where, you know, that they can relate to and feel like they can make these changes. And so I talk about a lot of holistic practices that I was doing myself to bring me out of that dark space in my life. Um, you know, doing some meditation and visualization um, and just, you know, sitting still, <laughs> letting the answers come to me. But also, you know, how I was eating, you know, herbs that I like to drink, the teas and stuff like that. And yeah, I put in a very simple step by step, day by day, like it's a juice cleanse in there, a liquid, oh, a liquid, liquid cleanse. Um, and it's a seven day cleanse mm-hmm. to kind of help people get that jump start to eating healthy. And then after that, there's a three day meal plan. But uh, it's very specific. So mm-hmm. that way, because I'm like, if I read something, I need to know exactly what to do. I need that hand holding. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me put it in a way like if uh, if my nephew can't understand this, then it's too hard to understand. Uh-huh. So put it in a, you know, in a way that if a child could read this, they would know what I'm talking about. They would mm-hmm. be able to understand it. So also doing that for adults. So what's the book called? Holistic Mindfulness. Yeah. And it's just talking about being mindful about what you're doing to yourself. Um, Being mindful about uh, the things that you eat, you know, the things that the changes that you want to make in your life and how to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said it's available on Amazon? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So if you look up uh, Holistic Mindfulness on Amazon, Amazon Prime, so you can get it in two days. (laughs) And I made the price at $33.33 because I always saw... The number's 333, always. I still do. And I'm like, those are my angel numbers, you know? Uh And so whenever I see those numbers, I just just stop and I just thank God for showing that to me. Like, I feel like that those numbers were letting me know I was on the right path. Uh Yeah. Do you remember, I don't know if you know uh, Schoolhouse Rock? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Three is a magic number. Uh, I didn't even realize that. (laughs) Yeah. Faith and hope and charity. Oh. Oh, I didn't uh, even the, realize the that. The brain and the mind and the body are three. Yeah. Three is a magic number. Oh, wow. Okay, now that just gives me more. <laughs> no, just, I just outed myself as uber nerd. <laughs> that was a good one, though. That was a good one. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man, that just makes me feel more like, okay, that's the right thing. I was on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one more one more question. Mm-hmm. So you know you talked about your conversion to a healthy lifestyle, a mindful lifestyle, and your business is like vegan, animal rights ish. When did that uh, switch flip for you? So after you know I, I changed my eating habits because you know for health. That's how I started off. So I wasn't you know living a completely lifestyle where I gave up you know, buying things that might have been like leather belts or whatever, because I didn't really have that specific knowledge at that time. And so once I started learning more about, you know, the animal agriculture and, you know, how animals are being treated, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, there's no way I can support this in any shape, fashion or form. I can't. And um, even just, you know, people would ask me like, so when is this going to end? You know, when do you go back to eating mm. meat and stuff? And I'm like, never. <laughs> you think this is a game? No. I'm like this, you know, after learning what I've learned, I could never go back to that, never go back to supporting that. And there's no such thing as humane, you know, uh, practices when it comes to cutting your meat or killing an animal. There is no such thing. 
And so, you know, after just learning about that, I was just like, I have to put that out too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just showing that animals deserve our utmost respect because they're also beings on this earth. We're not just here as humans alone and doing whatever we want to do. It doesn't work like that. Um, you know, they also deserve the same peace and the rights that we do um, as their space on this earth. And so it's like, I have to put that out there too. You know, mm-hmm. that, you know, show some respect for the animals. Yeah. And do you think that that attitude and mindset has also contributed to your personal health? Oh, yeah. Being more compassionate, um, not even just towards animals, but just towards more other other people and, you know, respecting what they're going through. Because, it, you know, when I first made the change, it was like, well, if I can do it, you can do it. You need to do it right now. <laughs> but, you know, you know, being more, you know, respectful of people and where they are on their journeys. Just because I was able to give up all meat overnight doesn't mean that the next person will be able to. And so just having to, you know, being more compassionate towards what they're doing, even though I might not agree with it, you know, 100 percent. But, you know, I found that that's the best way to help people is to work with them and not work against them. Um, and so that's that, you know, having that same feeling for the animals, that compassion is like thinking about what the animals are going through. And I'm like, oh, we have to make this change. And <laughs> so I respect, you know, where you are in your journey, but let me help to get you further. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so I started uh, coaching people and helping them to make that transition into eating healthier because uh, I know for, for me, it started with food and then it grew more into compassion. I'm like, if it starts with me that way, it can start, you know, that way for other people. So let me start with people in their diets because that's what people are worried about the most. Yeah. Right. So are you still nine to fiving? No. Mm-mm. So, no. That's exciting. <laughs> it is. It's scary and exciting at the same time. But no. Um, so you're doing the, uh, the prosperities. And the coaching, mm-hmm. and you're funneling some of the income into um, Eat to Live. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so you 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 are uh, open to uh, the divine um, showing you the path and trusting yeah. trusting when you yeah. take those leaps. Trusting it, trusting it. Um, I even thought about you know doing something part time that supports what I'm doing right now, where I can help more people. Um, haven't gotten there yet, but uh-huh. <laughs> but now I just have all this energy to put into what I'm doing. And it, it just feels amazing. It feels amazing to be able to do that. You know? So do you ever walk down the street somewhere and see someone wearing one of your shirts? Oh, yeah. I went to see uh, Game Changers um, a few weeks ago when it came out. Oh, which theater were you in? A Briar Creek. And um, uh, yeah, I saw I was, I was in, uh, I think, Carrie or Apex. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And I uh, when I was walking out, I saw someone wearing that uh, the Futures Plants t-shirt. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, or even just when, um, people tag me on social media and, you know, they have their, their caption that goes along with the t-shirt and how, you know, they just, it feels good to them to wear it. And so that, that makes me feel good. It makes me, lets me know that, you know, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So for people who want to follow you, who want to get your books, get your shirts, mm-hmm. get coached, how do they find you? Yeah, so you can, on social media, my name is Brittany Shade, and that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-S-A-D-E underscore underscore on Instagram. Um, I'll I'll include a link in the show notes. Okay, yeah. And um, Instagram for the t-shirts is Prosperities Clothing. 
Um, spell prosperities. P R O S P E R I T E E Z. Um, and you can find me by both names on social media on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my website is superveganpowers.com. Superveganpowers.com. Yeah, yeah. And the book is Amazon. Everybody's familiar with Amazon, Holistic yeah. Mindfulness. And get your book in two days. <laughs> and then uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if it was you know, life-changing for you or if there was something in that book that resonated with you to help you make some changes in your life. Awesome. Well, Brittany Sade, thank you so much for driving out here, yeah. for sitting down with me and for sharing your, uh, your spirit and your wisdom and your experience with, uh, with the crowd. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. I hope I can come back. Oh, anytime. <laughs> I have crazy things to talk about. Yes. Okay. Very good. <laughs> thank wait. you. All right. I hope you were as inspired and enchanted by Brittany as I was, as I am. And I encourage you to check out uh, her clothing line, some great shirts, great messages, and going to a great cause of ending food insecurity in communities that are particularly vulnerable to it. So if you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast and you'd like to support the mission of the show... The easiest way to do it is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps spread the word. It helps uh, the algorithms push us higher when people are searching for related topics. You can also help keep this podcast free for everyone by becoming a patron of the show. You can do that over at patreon.com. Just search for Plant Yourself. And by making a monthly ongoing contribution of as little as a buck a month, you can be one of the people who helps to defray all the costs of the show so that everyone can enjoy it. And of course, there's always sharing on social media, grabbing screenshots, sending people to the YouTube channel to just just search for Plant Yourself on YouTube and you'll find Brittany's and a bunch of other um, interviews in which I was able to either get Skype camera or in this case, uh, live in-person footage. And of course, the best way to give back is to give forward, is to embrace any of the tips and principles and techniques and ideas and ethics that we talk about and put it into practice in your life and become a shining beacon for others. That's uh, really why I do the work that I do. If you're new to the show, there are hundreds, hundreds, I tell you, of archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. And if you subscribe, you won't miss an episode. I've got some really fun ones coming up, including in 40 minutes, I hope, an interview with Melanie Joy, who is the uh, creator of the concept of carnism, the idea that vegetarianism and veganism have names, but their opposite doesn't. That's just considered normal, natural, necessary. And we're talking about uh, her book, Beyond Beliefs, which I'm really looking forward to. In garden news, pretty much everything is sleeping now, except for some greens under uh, row cover. And we go in and peek every so often. They're not doing much, but, uh, you know, they'll grow slowly and give us some green, fresh nutrients through the winter. And we look forward to taking a rest from the garden, letting the garden itself rest and coming back with renewed vigor in 2020. In running news... Uh, through Josh's influence, he was here for the retreat, and the, he arrived a day early, and we went to the gym, and I decided to join. 
So my wife and I joined the gym for we got a deal for uh, 18 months. And so we're going to be doing some things in addition to running. So I'll be doing more strength work. I'm going to learn how to swim. They got a pool there. And in addition to the running, so I'm hoping to uh, create more whole body health and wellness over the coming 18 months. All right, let's talk thanks. Thanks, of course, to Will Ridenour. His song Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace, is the theme music for this show. Check out willridenour.com on the internet for more of his beautiful music. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Mahara, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Havily, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobbridge, Hazel Barrett, Melissa Cobbridge, Hazel Barrett, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Polanowski, David Isaac, the Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Victoria Dolomanova, Leia Stoller, Alan Christensen, Connie Peck, Michelle Andrew, Josina, Julianne Rollins, Stu Dolnick, Sarah Durkis, Rhonda Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wim Pedersen, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franzek, Jenna Benham, Gail Sarah, David Donahue, Blair Syro, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carol Toddy, Jody Friesner, Ruth Ann Thunderberg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The Equally Mysterious, Tracy Z, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lennon, and Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergen, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Ahmad, Molly Levine, the Inscrutable, Harry R, Susan Laverty, The Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Lash Corker, and Telly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant, Abby Oregon, Sabina Kersels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Shell Rootless, Julian Watkins, Brito Connell, Brian Shannon, and Shannon Hirschman, Kate Yolls, Laurels, Lindy Ayak, Julie Langholm, Hedda Gardies, and Tuzan Watt, Connie Hainlin, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, and Bibble L, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Larkowski, Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Kirby. Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Kelly Baker, Miracle, and Jesse Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Pettier, Pat Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Dev Casilla, Emily Iconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Leedon, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Cartz, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Moulton, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashar, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg Fermanacest, Rochelle Kennedy, Joan Borstein, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes. Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, and Sally Robertson for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends. So if you appreciate the Plant Yourself podcast and would like to help support the mission of the show, there's a few easy ways to do it. One is to just go to wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Let other people know about it. Give us some stars. Give us some love. And that really helps us be found by more people. Something else, of course, you can do is let someone know about this podcast, someone uh, who you think would benefit. Send them maybe a couple of episodes that you think would uh, pique their interest or just uh, ask them to subscribe in general. And third, you can join arms and become a patron, a financial supporter of this show. You may have noticed that there's no advertising in the show and it's free for everyone and it's supported, paid for by those who can afford it. So if you would like to make a one time contribution or an ongoing monthly pledge, you can do so at plantyourself.com slash gift. All right. Time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenour for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenour.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. 
Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barons, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filikonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elizabeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selbleek, Air Adams, Tom Fonzek, Jeanette Benham, Gil Assert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argitati, Jody Friesner with Ann Thunderbrook, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harpers and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, The Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzawak, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Orlikoski, a plant powered for health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Krep, Tritania Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divitt, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Lori Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dave McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Petty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Carson, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg for Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidoroska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>